0: Just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. Let me just start out by saying happy Hanukkah. I'm recording on night four of Hanukkah. It's been a beautiful festival of lights. I ran out of candles today and my Walgreens had no Hanukkah candles and it took me like 10 minutes to find new ones in Publix. It was a big, big, big to do, but you know, that's good. Um, I have a guest on, a very special guest. She's a dear internet friend of mine. We like a lot of the same things, like a lot of the same TV shows and also like the worst YouTube videos that you can imagine. We share in our heart a special YouTuber YouTuber named Lauren Gardner. We're fucking obsessed with her. Uh, if you like to watch somebody talk for 45 minutes about what they bought at TJ Maxx, I like high, high, high key uh suggest you watch her but if you don't like you could skip her and I have on Anastasia More hi
1: hi happy Hanukkah oh
0: thank you I know you're not Jewish you're you're Christian Orthodox is that you, what is it
1: it's Russian Orthodox okay um, I knew
0: it wasn't Greek yeah. Orthodox and then I wasn't sure like <laughs> what
1: it's the same thing <laughs> it's basically the same thing if you saw my big fat Greek wedding that my life just with a russian twist um but i love that you brought up lg i wanted to introduce myself and be like hi hello welcome to tiffany blue and baby pink the new lg podcast and then just go from there
0: so lg as we call her buys everything in the colors tiffany blue and pink um And well, it just, it's insane. Like you guys should watch it. She's like kind of, she's so nice and so bubbly, but she's like a hard 26, I would say and living at her parents, which is like totally cool, except for the fact that she's uh, this idea that she's going to move to LA and be an actress, except like she's 26 and she has no joke. She just buys stuff every day for her future apartment in LA, which is like so weird and sad because she's. probably not gonna move to LA but she's honestly like then she seems so fucking nice like I would want to be her
1: friend in real life because she's so nice also LG like if you're listening huge fan I need another what's in my moving tub video ASAP yeah She's also like a hoarder with
0: love it's a whole thing all right so Stas and I are both like fucking obsessed with teen mom of course that's why I have her on she's quite knowledgeable. We gave her a shout out in somebody's episode, maybe either Tomlin or Jesse's. And we were talking about her as one of the, one of the uh, fellow scholars of teen mom, if you will, I'd say you're about as deep into this shit as I am. Would you agree?
1: Um, yeah, it's really concerning. I was at a Christmas party this weekend and my one coworker was like, Oh my God, teen mom. And I was like, Oh my God, what do you think about Amber being pregnant? And he was like, I didn't know. And I was like, "Oh, okay. I'll." Sorry, you, you didn't spoiled. need to throw a ton of information. Spoiler I alert! I, I know. I felt spoiler alert, guys. Like, if you didn't know, which you do, Amber's pregnant. <laughs> I need to talk about it more. I have like no outlet to talk about it with, but I also have nothing to say about it. It's the weirdest, like, weirdest feeling and weirdest reaction to a pregnancy ever. I, I feel actually, like I've been running around, I know screaming exactly it, what you but. Mean. I think it's because we haven't seen anything of substance related to her pregnancy. We haven't seen photos. She hasn't posted an ultrasound. Like, even though Kayla was, like, kind of private with her pregnancy, we still saw, like, the occasional ultrasound photo. We still saw photos of, like, her being pregnant. Yeah. So it doesn't feel real at all.
0: When Amber posted that it was a boy, I, like, literally my thought was, congrats, I guess. Like...
1: (laughs) I... Like, and I think well, it was weird because she kept using clip art and things that she Googled to announce it, which made it feel less personal. Yeah. Like, you know how she wrote it in the beach and she was like, we're pregnant. She didn't write that. She found that on Google. Yeah,
0: that's so, so true. It's,
1: it's... it's so disconnected. Ugh.
0: It's so weird. So, okay, this week was Janelle's The X-Files which we both watched, of course. I ended up having to pay $1.99 for it because my fucking DVR didn't record it. And at and on demand is garbage. Like, compared to Comcast, it's straight garbage. I couldn't find it on demand, so I paid money for it. But you know what? Like, it, it was fine. I thought it was... I wanted more from it, but I'm not sure what else they could have given us.
1: So I think my issue was with it was mtv kind of lied to us when they were hyping it up it was what a glorified clip show yeah which is great you know i relived some great memories wonderful we saw you know we didn't really see a lot of Cortland on the actual show so like that was nice but it wasn't i don't know i don't know if i thought it was going to be like remember when mtv did that dad special yeah and it was like all of them hanging out weekend Aquaries, I don't, I if what you it, will <laughs> yeah but at the same time i was like MTV doesn't have enough insurance to do that like there is no insurance in the world that would allow all of janelle evans like <laughs> former and present significant others in a room
0: that's true I I really don't know what I thought it would be, and I don't know what I was expecting. I think being Nathan was just so fucking good that I want everything else to be being Nathan. And I need to understand, like, that's not going to happen. Unless we got, like, a whole... It just... I thought... I think I thought we would get more of them, like, interacting in real life and more of a being special. You know? Like, I thought we would maybe, like, follow... Andrew to a bar when he gets obliterated and Kiefer when he goes to buy drugs and uh, Gary maybe like fighting with a girlfriend and Cortland doing God knows what. I thought it'd be more like that. I didn't think it would basically be just talking
1: heads. Well, and I think the other weird thing was it kind of sugarcoated everyone. Yeah. Everyone. Because it was like, oh, like, yeah, I choked Janelle Evans out, but like, I'm a barber now, so it's fine. I'm a responsible person. And I'm like, no, like, it's not fine. But like, great, glad you're contributing to society. Like Yeah. It just felt like everything got like this happy ending. Like, even like even like Andrew, for as like as dark as Andrew's segment felt, let's talk it Andrew. still was just like okay. Like
0: this whole thing was worth it if only for that clip of him walking down the street in New York ah. with a backpack on, a suit. He absolutely got at Goodwill in white, like, New Balance sneakers that my dad wears.
1: And the earring. I need, like, that earring. Like a George Michael Faith earring. <laughs> Did he get that at Hot Topic? I, I, Who still makes that earring?
0: I ha- have so many questions about andrew first of all i'm pretty sure he has a second kid and the second kid lives in florida i think it's a boy we don't really know anything about him weirdly enough i don't know if it's because he's not on social media or if like the janelle twitter mob just doesn't care about him but we know very little about andrew as a whole
1: so i know andrew's son is named jake which uh, I always thought was weird. That's very similar to Jace. Jace. <laughs> yeah, and and there was that infamous the rap Jace rap song, mm-hmm. which if you have not seen it, please pause, put it on.
0: Yeah. Baffling. Yeah, Andrew did know, a rap song about Jace, and it's a lot. It's a lot.
1: But you're right, like, I feel like we've never, like, dug any... We, as if it's, like, me doing it, but, like, no one's ever dug anything up on him. Like, we haven't found... Arrest records, like we, like None. I don't, I don't Nobody know. Nobody follows so his shit. He,
0: I don't think anybody cares. Just,
1: right, and like I care, but I, I don't care. I care because I'm a completionist and I need to know everything. Yes. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't have the patience for this. Like. Yes. i have the time to find out about them. The two of
0: us are similar in that, like, if we watch something, we need to watch it, like, from the beginning. Was it you and mm-hmm. I that were talking about, like, the fair erotic novels? And I was like, and you, like, maybe found the yes. second one. And I was like, we can't read this. Like, what, we're going to skip the first one? Like, I, I I can't. I have to, like, know everything from the beginning. Like, when people tell me to just jump into something, I'm like, I don't think so. Like, I I can't just jump in. I have to start at the beginning.
1: No, that's exactly, that was me, one, and that's exactly how I am, and I almost bought the complete series for $1,000 on Amazon, <laughs> because her publisher is no longer existing. Of course. Or no longer exists. So it's, like, out of print. Why doesn't she but self-publish I need to know what happened them in Kindle? Salenople?
0: Why doesn't she just self-publish them onto Kindle like everybody else is doing?
1: I would pay for it. Yeah. Sarah, if you're listening, I'll pay for it.
0: So yeah. Send me an email. I we don't really know a lot about Andrew, but according to Andrew, he is living in New York City. How Andrew's making a living, he mentions event planning, and I'm like, okay, Stasi Schroeder, like (laughs) I guess, um I guess that's where he was going in his suit and his sneakers. The look, the overall like suit and sneakers look was very like working girl, you know, like a girl in new york city who has to like change her uh heels out like to walk to the subway she puts on uh, sneakers
1: yes i want to play new jerusalem as he like (laughs) during that scene like in the background he is that's exactly he was so working girl yeah even the earring
0: i just don't what an enigma he was. So we find out, and I think we knew he was, like, 21 when Janelle was 16. He tells the story about how they met on Facebook. And, like, the first time he met Janelle, she, like, tried to say hi to her. And he, like, wrapped her up in his arms and kissed her. Which, like, not in the Me Too era, Andrew. Like, that's not a 2017 storyline. And he called it true romantics.
1: Well, and I love that. Janelle, they, like, asked Janelle about it. She's like, he thought it was romantic, but it was just weird as shit.
0: Yeah, wait. Let's talk and about I rem- Janelle. First of all, she looked amazing, I thought. I loved the boob shirt. Her makeup looked flawless. Her hair looked great. I think she looked really on point for this.
1: She did, and, like, her boobs looked great. great. And I was so impressed at how in- how calm she was. And I also noticed that her voice has changed as we, have we ever discussed this, like when she talks, uh, when we see the old clips of her and Andrew when she's pregnant with Jace, her voice is completely different now. Her voice used to be so soft and more Yeah, I, Massachusetts.
0: I know what you're saying. I think it's just like she's lived in the South for 10 more years. You know, she moved to right. North Carolina when she was, I think, 11. And we see her in six five years later it's now been another 10 years now she's been living in the south longer than she lived up north you know so I oh, yeah absolutely. that's was probably her- part of it no but now i i do know what you're saying it's probably like the cigarettes and weed and yeah. just like growing up a little i guess i will say i thought she did really good in this interview she wasn't sugarcoating things except like when she got to david but what's she gonna do like give the nasty history of her and David. Like, that's not happening. And that's not just a Janelle thing. Like, nobody would do that, you know? Like, no one's going to be like, like, you're getting married. You wouldn't be like, and then we have this huge fight, but we're still getting married. I mean, I hope you guys don't have Janelle-David fights, but still. You know, like, obviously, you're going to tell the good stories about the guy that you're married to. But I just, I thought she was, like, really open and honest for Janelle And wasn't um, just writing it off like, no, we barely even date. Because sometimes Janelle can do this thing where when she's in a relationship, she's like, we've been together five years. And you're like, Janelle, you've been together for 14 months. Like, chill out. And then as soon as she's out of the relationship, she'll be like, we barely even dated. Like, she just either is, like, maximizing or minimizing. And I didn't feel like she was doing that in this.
1: Well, I felt like all of the guys were sugar coating it and she wasn't like Cortland was like she's still great like she's like Cortland basically said she was the one that got away and she's like don't ever hang out with Cortland because you (laughs) will go to jail and I'm like life motto yeah yes she was really open about like doing drugs
0: and yeah I don't know I found her just I thought like at the end of it I was like good job oh also I forgot to mention I really loved when they were like We'll go over the love, the courtship. And I'm like, the courtship? Like, am I
1: watching the Duggers? Like, Janelle's never courted anybody. <laughs> like, Nor has she, like, been courted. No! Like, someone, like, comes to Janelle and is like, hey, found you on Tinder, and she's like, great, move in. Yeah. Consistently.
0: Should we get pregnant? Okay, let's go.
1: Great, we'll never fight.
0: Yeah, so...
1: No, with Andrew, too... I was so happy they found Andrew because it brought my favorite Barbara Janelle moment that no one ever talks about. And it's when they're Skyping Andrew and they're standing there and they have the exact same pissed off look in their face. And he's going on and on about how he's now going to be in Jason's life. And he's crying these happy tears that after like five years, he finally knows that he's Jason's father. And he's like, OK, bye. Love you both. And they were both, like, what? Like, are you kidding me? We don't love you. And it was such, like, oh, like, it was such, like, a sweet, like, you guys do care about each other. And I wish this, like, Janelle and Barbara versus the world was a thing more Mm -hmm. because I loved them being there. Like, crossed over arms, like, resting bitch face, being like, we're not buying any of your bullshit. But that also sounds very destructive in the real world.
0: That's a good episode, that whole thing. Like, Andrew's fedora in that episode is a look. I love that we're watching them Skype each other, but, like, we're not seeing them via Skype. We're, like, seeing each person Skyping, like.
1: Yes, it's amazing. But it also is a very low-key hurtful scene when he's looking at, like, precious baby Jace. And he's like, look at him. He looks nothing like me. I feel nothing towards this child. And I'm like, he's a mini you andrew yeah. no. like if you don't see it
0: it's like a high key hurtful scene he's like nope that kid i want nothing to do with that kid
1: um but i feel like when we talk like darkest teen mom moments or right. like hurtful Teen, no one brings it up this yeah. episode has been like blanked from people's memory
0: i actually forget that episode happened like all the time and i always forget that we saw andrew during teen mom I'm always like, no, right. when only saw him on 16 and pregnant, I always forget about that for some reason, but you're absolutely right. So, yeah, I thought it was, like, fun to see Andrew on camera, but it's also awful that, like, you know he only showed up because TV paid him, and he literally has never been in Jace's life at all. Also, it's always, like, just not acknowledged the fact that he was, like, a grown adult in his 20s, and Janelle was 16 when she got pregnant. Like, and why... They were, he was talking to a 16 year old. Like, that's disgusting.
1: Also, they were together for two years before they got pregnant with Jace. Were like, the they, infamous, though? like,
0: were they? Here's the thing Janelle sometimes true. they were in her book. I don't, I, after reading Janelle's book, like a true teen <laughs> mom scholar, she had this other boyfriend that she called William. Um, That she was with, like, that was the first guy she smoked pot with when she was around 14. And she kind of made it seem like Andrew was more of a rebound for William. And I think, yeah, because Janelle, on 16, pregnant, says they've been together for three years. I would guess they've been together, like, mm, less than a year before she got pregnant, would be my guess. So
1: she still was, like, maybe 15 in the infamous, like... Don't say a word as he kissed. Because he told her, don't yeah. say a word, and Oof. then kissed her. Like, so gross. So uncomfortable to think about how young she was. And I think about that with a lot of the girls. Like, we genuinely just forget that they were babies Yeah, on 16 and Pregnant.
0: Yeah. They absolute babies. So, yeah, that was so, Andrew's scene. And then next comes Kiefer. Oh, sorry. Do you have something else to say about Andrew? Wait.
1: Two questions. Yeah. One, do you think he really pays child support? And two, should I hire his event planning company? I don't remember.
0: Does he pay child support? Did he say you pay child he support? Said,
1: he said he's like, I've been paying child support to Jace Evans for three years. And I thought it was such a weird sentence because he doesn't say, like, I've been paying it to Barbara. I've yeah. been paying it to Janelle. It was a very weird sentence. And I was like, but Jace isn't three.
0: Well, I guess he was, I mean, I guess he was like four or five, you know, when they did that DNA test and they definitely didn't have child support before then. I guess he does pay child support. I would bet it's like $100 a month, max.
1: You think he has that money? Mm,
0: I mean, no, I don't know. And yes, of course you should hire his event company. (laughs) I mean, do you think, do you think he has a business card we could get our hands on? Like, how do you think one contacts Andrew Lewis's event company?
1: you think he has a LinkedIn? I wonder if he has a LinkedIn. I should look.
0: <laughs> I, I, um, I can also, see him having a LinkedIn in, like, an awful headshot.
1: Also, she, like, mentioned she's, like, I was hoping Jace's father was the other guy. But doesn't yeah. say who it was. And, like, I don't think we've ever really – we didn't really know that, like, he there wasn't a possibility of him not being the father until that weird episode. Mm-hmm. And they never brought that up again. So I always wanted to know oh, like, who was – was it that William guy? Was it someone else? Like, I don't know. I'm very, very confused by that. Yeah.
0: I mean, Janelle basically said – I bet he's just, like, a normal guy that, like, partied with her when she was 15. You know? Like, was
1: mm-hmm.
0: I? Think of all, like, the people that you knew in high school that you went to a party with when you were 15. And I bet he does have his life together today. He's – you know, he's probably – I think he's probably just totally normal, would be my guess.
1: <laughs> totally normal. Okay, Kiefer. Kiefer. I'm ready for Kiefer.
0: So seeing Kiefer was, like, honestly upsetting to me. Now, Kiefer, I think, gets a, by me included, a rose-colored revisionist history, uh, like, look back when we look at him. It's easy to be like, Kiefer's the only guy that ever really loved her. Like, Kiefer was great. I mean, Kiefer was awful. He and Janelle had an awful relationship. Once Kiefer was finally out of the picture, and like before anybody kind of knew about Nate, or even, I guess, Cortland, people were like, oh my god, I hope he's better than Kiefer. Like, Kiefer was not good for her. But, compared to all the rest of her boyfriends, I feel like Kiefer is the one that, probably did actually love her and didn't care about her being on Teen Mom. You know, like, they met on, like, the second episode of Teen Mom. I am sh- I really think he didn't give a fuck about that. I think he, I don't know. He says in the episode that he doesn't do hard drugs anymore, which I find hard to believe. And if true, I'm assuming he's drinking a lot. Like, he had that swollen face of an alcoholic
1: he had this weird sway that he was doing during all of his interviews, and I found it so distracting because he just, like, kept swaying back and forth. And I was like, I I know nothing about drugs, guys, so I have no clue if that was, like, a sign of anything. I think he might be
0: drunk, to be honest. Like, I would maybe believe that. Honestly, I don't think Kiefer can really, like, afford to be a heroin addict. And I think if he was a heroin addict, he would have been in and out of jail a lot more than he actually has been in the last however many years, you know, five years. I can, mm-hmm. I bet Kiefer wakes up every day and buys like a pint of like rock gut vodka that he drinks. You know, like, I feel yeah. like he's like a wino bum. Like, he's like a bum alcoholic. Like, when you think of like how they would cast like a homeless alcoholic in a movie, Like, that's Kiefer. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I I agree. And I do think that the fandom as a whole does baby Kiefer a little bit. And I don't know if it's just because Kiefer was around for the greatest Janelle moments. So we associate him with, like, one peak teen mom, too. And, like, peak Barbara and Janelle. Like, before it got, like, devastatingly, like, sad and dark. Yeah. It was just, like, hysterical. You know, like, Um,
0: he shot Janelle up with heroin, sure, But I am also of belief that, like Kiefer said, if it wasn't him, it would have been someone else. I absolutely believe that. And, Mm -hmm. like, the fact is, like, he didn't strangle Janelle. He and Janelle, like, didn't have physical fights beyond, like, that one that we saw. There wasn't a lot of physical fighting between the two of them. It wasn't like Cortland or Nathan or Mm -hmm. probably David where there was, like, a lot of physical violence.
1: Well, and especially because I feel like since David's been in the picture and people have wanted David out of the picture, people keep saying, I just want Kiefer to, like, get out of jail, get out of whatever, and, like, find Janelle so they can be together. And part of me is, like, Kiefer might truly be the only person that Janelle would leave David for Yeah, at this time. And she even kind of hinted at it. Like, the way she talked about him, it was, like, yeah, like, you know, it was, like, a really dark time, but, like... He was so funny.
0: Yeah. I think Kiefer I don't, and Janelle, was... like, are, were truly best friends. Like, they, Janelle, okay, I know we always kind of talk about how Janelle, like, morphs herself into whatever boyfriend she has, but I think she was her most authentic self with Kiefer. I don't think Janelle, like, yeah. worried about changing herself to fit anything when she was with Kiefer. You know, like, she wasn't trying to take on his activities and hobbies because, let's be real, like... Kiefer didn't really have activities and hobbies. Like, he's a fucking junkie. Um, but he he didn't... I'm sorry, I shouldn't say junkie. I'm like, try not to say that about other people and only about myself. It's not a good word to use. Um, I apologize for that. He didn't... I don't know. She, she was just her, I think. I think the Janelle that was with Kiefer is the real Janelle that we don't see that often anymore. And I think that... Kiefer is a good person that is just, like, ravaged by drugs and alcohol. But I think deep down, he, like, maybe he doesn't have a lot of drive, you know? Like, he's not <laughs> a scholar. Like, he he's not going to be a CEO if he gets sober. But I think he's funny and he's fun and he makes people feel good about themselves. And I just, I think it's easy to... I don't know, I think he and Janelle were, like, genuinely best friends, which she wants us to believe is the case with all of the rest of her boyfriends, like, we are best mm-hmm. friends, like, we love each other, but I think Kiefer, like, genuinely was her best friend that she's probably ever had in her entire life, even since then.
1: No, I agree, and I feel like part of it, too, is I feel like everyone knows a Kiefer, like, mm-hmm. we all went to high school with a Kiefer, and he sat in the back of class, and he yeah. was really funny, but kind of disruptive, and he was cute, but in a grimy way. <laughs> and you kind of thought, like, oh, I could probably fix that. Yeah. But he, you see him now, and he's where Kiefer is at. Maybe a little better, but not much. Where did they say Kiefer
0: is living? Did he say Pennsylvania?
1: Yeah, and I I kept trying to figure out what town he was saying in Pennsylvania. I think it's because I lived in Pennsylvania for five years. I think it's Western Pennsylvania. Is that what he said? Because I was like, "What town was this?" Well, I don't know what town he said. He said it,
0: but I I think it's Western Pennsylvania because I do know that. In case you guys were wondering, Kiefer for the past couple years has been like traveling around the country on Greyhound, just kind of going where he can get work, and he spent a lot of time in Indiana. actually ended up at one point dating and living with this girl who was like originally oh this is such a long story but uh to make it quickly she made a twitter account pretending to know janelle and like be a janelle hater and then it kind of came out like that she didn't actually know janelle but she was still kind of well known around like the twitter hating circle her name was kelsey and then Kiefer and her started talking and she like moved Kiefer to indiana to like live with her Or Illinois, maybe. Somewhere, like, out there. And kind of ever since then, my impression from, like, this is me being a fucking psychopath is that I, like, will check his mom's Facebook. Because Kiefer's kind of fallen off social media in the last year. So i just like to see if he's doing okay. And, (laughs) like, sometimes he'll respond to people's, uh, like, Facebook posts. But he, like, basically, I think, just, like, travels the Midwest like, working odd jobs, and so I think he's probably in, like, West... I wouldn't be surprised if he like, went Indiana to Ohio to Western Pennsylvania, you know, like, that mm-hmm. area. mm
1: mm-hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. I was just shocked that he said what town he was in. Yeah. I just feel like he's never wanted any part of the Teen Mom fame, and I feel like if anyone could have capitalized on it, and if, so like, far. MTV was willing to follow any ex... It's Kiefer.
0: Yeah, I, in a way, was very sad to see him do this because he, I'm Facebook friends with Kiefer, obviously, because (laughs) why wouldn't I be Facebook friends with Kiefer? He, like, accepted my ad. That was great. Um, He, sometimes people will, like, comment on his Facebook, like, hey, they mentioned you on Teen Mom, and you'll be like, don't fucking mention that to me. Like, you should know better. I don't want anything to do with that. He has, in the last couple of years, been very anti-Teen Mom, and when they, like, announced they were filming with exes, I was like, wow, I really will be surprised if Kiefer does it, because he seems to fucking hate Teen Mom, and is, I mean, and wouldn't you if you were him? You know, like, what good has Teen right. Mom brought him in his life at all? He's pro- one of the most notorious cast members you know, from Teen Mom in general. Um, he's, like, very recognizable. He's basically the only black guy to ever be on the show. He's He's very not unique looking, but he's not just like some guy that fades into the background. And he was such a major character for so many seasons. And I'm positive the only reason he did is because MTV gave him however much money they gave him. And that I it just makes me feel sad that he like, look, if MTV came and offered me twenty five hundred dollars, like I can't say that I would say no. Like I could really use twenty five hundred dollars. But, like, Kiefer probably really needs $2,500. Like, does Kiefer have a place to live right now? You know, like, Kiefer is a person that, like, goes homeless. Like, he is homeless sometimes. I mean, we saw him and Janelle be homeless on the show. Like, he, out of all those guys, maybe Andrew too, but I don't really care about them exploiting Andrew. You know, like, I just don't have any empathy for Andrew whatsoever. And Kiefer is really genuinely the only boyfriend of Janelle's that I ever have empathy for. And I just really was I I was disappointed in a way, not because he agreed to do it, but because he was obviously in a position where he had to agree to do it.
1: So I thought that they had only gotten paid two hundred and fifty dollars, and like comforted that it's 200, well, like two hundred and like twenty five hundred dollars.
0: That number, but remember, Gary Head tweeted that MTV offered him two hundred and fifty dollars to do something, and he said no. But then he did end up filming. I find it hard to believe it was $250. And I think we know for a fact that, like, Tori used to get paid, like, $2,500 a season. So I would guess... I would bet for being Nathan, Nathan got, like, fifteen k Was, I think, the number oh, that yeah. I guessed for being Nathan. But for these, I would bet it's, like, $2,500. I'd feel pretty comfortable saying it's between $1,500 and $2,500. Should I feel comfortable saying that? No. What the fuck do I know? But that's my... <laughs> That's my guess.
1: No, I I agree. Because I was about to say, like, I remember the $250 tweet. And I was like, I wanted to, like, tweet all of them and be like, let me negotiate your contract. (laughs) Do not do this for $250. I can get you more.
0: Yeah. Also, like, Gary Head has a job. Like, I don't really think he would have done it for $250. Um I don't think Nathan would have done it for $250. I mean, Nathan, though, is obviously going to get a bigger fee because he's still on the show. He's a character. Mm -hmm. I just, Cortland would have done it for free. I don't think they would have had to pay Cortland one single
1: cent. No, I agree.
0: I just found, I don't know. And I, I, even if Kiefer is desperate, I feel like it had to be over $250 for him to say yes.
1: No, I I think he definitely got paid more. Um, I also, like, always forget, too, how the Kiefer seasons, how uncomfortable so many of the scenes were. Like, they show the scene of them nodding out on the couch with the puppy in her lap, and it's like, oh, like, this? I don't think it registered the first time I saw that scene. How bad it was. Um, Right, and just how, like, and he, they're like stumbling around the apartment, and he's like, Where's my stuff, baby? And she's like, I don't know. Not just I put stuff. him somewhere.
0: He was saying, Where's my Xanax?
1: Yeah. And it was like, I don't yeah. know. Like, it's like, this is such an uncomfortable side of someone's life to see. Like, this is the lowest of the low. And it always amazes me, like, for all of her faults, how quickly Janelle seemed to have bounced out of that addiction yeah.
0: that's definitely true definitely true um there is so who's next all right courtland court courtland oh. is i like i could have done without just... seeing Cortland ever again in my entire life
1: oh no oh, wait I'm... gary I Head came he... next
0: we skipped gary head we skipped gary head okay with his his Civil War
1: sideburns that he was rocking and I did not understand. What was
0: that look? Like, you're supposed to be a barber. You look awful. Your hair looks awful. First of all, Gary Head... He didn't have
1: the face shape.
0: I know Gary Head came out of this looking the best and comparatively, he probably is the best. He actually is a job. But guys, Gary Head is a fucking racist, first of all. He is so racist. He loves the N-word. He loves the Confederate flag. Like, Gary Head is a fucking racist. Two, he is psychotic. Like, Gary Head is the type that will post on Instagram, like, how much he loves his girlfriend. And then the next day, we'll post that, like, she faked a miscarriage. And then the next day, we'll post, like, I love my girlfriend so much, I don't understand why any of you are talking shit about her. You don't know anything about our relationship.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Also, he has a concerning amount of photos of him just, like, holding these massive guns on his social media. Oh, <sighs> so many he,
0: and you he can pled guilty to domestic violence didn't he how does he have guns Yes, yeah, th- and it's crazy to me
1: because i when i was watching his segment i was sitting there and i was like wait did he get kicked out of the marines i don't think yeah. he did and then he literally said like the marines kicked me out and i was like wow like MTV kind of really that whole court case thing like i don't know it was just it was weird i think Gary it was weird got a
0: and you know more about the military than me, uh, but I think he got, like, the neutral discharge that's not honorable or dishonorable. Just like the... like He just
1: got discharged?
0: Yeah, like, we're both agreeing to part ways. You don't get any sort of benefits, but also, like, you're not... You don't have a dishonorable you can say discharge you... on your record.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of funny because I was recently talking about those discharges with my parents Mm -hmm. and they basically said and this is kind of debatable um that those neutral discharges anything not honorable is just basically the same like you can feel better because you just got a neutral one but most employers know like why didn't you get an honorable one like what did you do yeah I I can't believe he didn't get a dishonorable
0: I feel like for my boss I can like imagine that They'd be like, oh, okay, like you were in the military, but like wouldn't look that into it. But if it's someone that knows about them, you know, I think it's just one of those things that like you have to kind of know Mm -hmm. about the military to know. Um, I think he didn't, if I, this is me making this up, but I feel like this happened that it was all kind of. You know, he didn't just, like, plead guilty with, to what happened with Janelle. Like, the military was very involved. Like, he said in the episode, like, his bosses were at court with him. Like, if you're a Marine, you don't just, like, go to court. Like, your commander goes mm-hmm. with you. Like, and I I think it was part of his agreement to just plead guilty was, like, this is the discharge that you're going to get. Like, if you just do this and you don't fight it, because this was in the press. Like, this didn't look good for the Marines, Um, There was
1: a scene of him leaving a domestic violence court case in a full Marine uniform.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It was not good PR.
0: Yeah, so I, I seem to remember that it was all kind of the agreement that was made, and I don't really know a lot about the military, but I wouldn't be shocked if, because this is kind of a unique circumstance, you know, because this is getting press and this is playing out on TV, if they were just like, look, You're, we're not, we will give you this if you agree to not fight this at all. And you just, you take the charge and we're giving you this discharge.
1: No, that makes, that makes sense. Um, Kind of like, let's just all make this go away. And if I recall correctly, didn't Janelle also get charged? Like, they mutually... Well, got charged for domestic she, violence.
0: I don't know if she got charged for domestic violence, but they found like an ounce of weed at the apartment, and I think that was also a big problem with the military, and that's why. Okay, I remember a lot of people defending Gary Head, and Gary Head swears that he didn't do it. Janelle claims that he choked her with bed sheets. Uh, we saw mm-hmm. all that he smashed like four of her phones. I remember we, she would post the pictures of her phone smashed, but he swears that he did not uh, beat her up, but. Because of, like, it's harder to fight. It would make him look worse to fight. Because of the military, it just made more sense for him to plead guilty. But the fact Mm -hmm. is, he was an active Marine, and he was found in a house with an ounce of pot. And he was smoking, and then I think failed the drug test. So, in the end, it's like, even if he didn't do this domestic violence thing, like... The police came to an altercation where you two were screaming loud enough for the police to come. Because I'm pretty sure a neighbor called the police, not even um, like Janelle. And mm-hmm. you put yourself in a situation where you were in the same home with an ounce of pot while you were on active duty. And that's your fault, no matter what. And I don't feel bad if you. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, it's 2017. If I, if you got kicked out of the Marines for that now, I'd be like, ugh. But this is also, you guys have to remember, this is like 2011. You know, like, attitudes right. on pot in North Carolina in the military. And when you join the military, like, part of it is that you agree, like, I'm not going to be in the same room as an ounce of pot.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and, like, so, and I mean, obviously, like, Gary's never going to get a job that involves a background check. So I don't think anyone's ever going to dig into his discharge. But, and like, I'm sure North Carolina has a lot of Marines or ex-Marines who had very similar endings to their military career. Um, but I just, I don't know. Like, I still feel like it was, like, such a weird, another weird era in the Janelle time.
0: Yeah. Like, and, of course, like, Barbara loved Janelle at first. Or Barbara loved Gary at first. Yeah. As, well, because she w- it was post-Kiefer. And this guy had a fucking job. And not just a job, but a fucking He was in the military and they live near base in North Carolina. And I, I have a feeling that Barbara was like, this is by far the best like situation Janelle could get herself into is to marry some guy in the Marines. They'll get like a nice, I mean, Barbara's all about the numbers. Like, I'm not saying Barbara Mm -hmm. is a gold digger. (laughs) Obviously, I think we see Barbara's life. She's not a gold digger. But if you are living in North Carolina near what's it called Lejeune or whatever that base yeah, is. Camp
1: Lejeune. If you're living yeah. near
0: Camp Lejeune, you have a daughter that's kind of a fuck up. She's probably, this is might've even been, I guess she could have possibly still been on Barbara's health insurance. Yeah. Because this was post then, but like you have a daughter that's kind of a fuck up. Like, you know, she's not hanging around with the best guys. Like for her to meet a Marine is kind of, you have to figure like, okay, she's going to get health insurance. She's going to get TRICARE like her and Jason Gary could go live off base. They'll get a housing allowance. Like you have to figure if you're Barbara, you're running the numbers and that this is probably best case scenario for Janelle.
1: And this is so like pride and prejudice of her. I was like, Oh, here's a man and he has this amount of year. Like you need to go for it. But also isn't Barbara's love language very much providing. Yes. So it makes sense that for her to see like, like, her way of showing Janelle love has always been, like, I worked a job. I put a roof over your head. Like, like you wanted for nothing. Yeah. Right. But, so it's easy for her to be, like, he's a great guy. Like, well, he has a job. He has insurance. Like, yeah. the military has great benefits. You tend to think that a man in the military is going to be a nice, stable human being. Yeah. You know? I mean,
0: for he, Janelle, the military, like, thrives on people from backgrounds like Janelle has, you know, where you're not. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people have this idea that the military is a lot of, like, really poor people. But from my understanding, the things that I've read lately, it's actually a lot more people that, you know, maybe they had a single mom, but they didn't go without. But this was still a really good opportunity for them. And I think that's, like, the type of family Gary's from. And I think, Mm -hmm. for like, if it could have worked out, I mean, Janelle, if Janelle was a different person, you know, I think... (laughs) I think it it would have been good because what else does Janelle have to do? Barbara knows Janelle's never going to, like, have a serious job that she holds down. So, like, go be a military wife.
1: Right. And the other benefit I think that Barbara was probably looking at was he wasn't going to stay in Camp Lejeune forever. He was eventually going to get stationed out where and that elsewhere. And that means Janelle was going to leave where they were living. And I think she thought a lot of Janelle's issues were the people she was around. Yeah. So if she was out of there and away from those people, you know, maybe that would help.
0: Yeah. Plus, you like, Barbara's from, you know, the Northeast. They lived in Scranton for a long time. Scranton isn't exactly a military town. They moved to North Carolina near the base, and she had probably seen, like, a lot of respectable ma- Marines and seen how the Marines live and seen how their wives live and their kids live. And it's a nice right. middle-class life. And I don't think... I don't think Barbara had large aspirations for Janelle beyond a nice middle-class life.
1: But at the same time, isn't that anyone ever wants? Yeah,
0: well, of course. But, I mean, I'm saying, like, this is, like, me coming for my place of privilege. But, like, I grew up, like, pretty upper-middle class. Like, both my parents are college educated. My dad has a master's. Like, my dad works in finance. Like, that wouldn't be my parents' dream for me. You, like, my their mm-hmm. ultimate dream, my parents' ultimate dream would be, like, and of course this is everyone, but I think a realistic dream would be, like, oh, well, she marries a doctor or a lawyer. Right. Because th- that's, like, kind of what my parents were, my uh, friend's parents were doctors and lawyers and business executives. You know, my dad's, like, a business executive. And so I think it was, like, nobody where I'm from is going to marry someone in the military. We don't have a lot of exposure to military. We're not... There are no military bases near me. You know, it's like an upper middle class area. But for Janelle, like, that would have been a great life for her. And I hope people understand what I'm saying there and not that I'm looking down on it. It's just the stability that it provides. And that's all Barbara's ever wanted is stability.
1: It is. And I think there's also a huge difference, too, of um, active versus enlisted versus um, officers. Like, that's a huge – it's not as much as it used to be, but that was a huge class system within the military. Um, So I think, like, my parents went to college. They graduated from West Point. um, So they were career military, but they also had – they had, like, a weird mix of both worlds, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But for active duty, yes, it's a very stable, nice life. And if you're – they often find people who are lost and they're craving that stability Mm -hmm. and that – comfort basically
0: yeah it's the same thing
1: every day they tell you what to wear they tell you what to do it's nice it's easy um and I like I do wish in an alternate world he wasn't a racist abuser and she wasn't Janelle Evans (laughs) and they could have those crazy kids could have made it work
0: timeline Gary Janelle Jace baby Evelyn and baby Jacob are or maybe not Jacob but baby no Josiah are all living a great life somewhere off base near Lejeune.
1: <laughs> when did they get super biblical with their names? That was not Gary what I think they would be really them.
0: into biblical names.
1: You think so? That is, I thought they would have a Jace, a Jackson with an X,
0: okay. and
1: then a girl named probably Ensley. I think Unsley? they'd still end up with an Ensley. Ensley okay, was written in the stars.
0: I That's fair, but there is an alternative universe that that's happening in. Oh, also, I just do want to say that Gary was cutting Ryan
1: Dolph's hair. Was that who that was? Mm-hmm, that was Ryan Dolph. I did... I, like, wasn't paying I attention enough.
0: I figured most and, people did not realize that Ryan Dolph cameo, so I just wanted to point out to everybody wait, that look, that was so Ryan. Like,
1: when Ryan Dolph was, like, going off about, like, how the truth was going to come out, like, via him... Him sitting in a barber chair and Gary telling him he's ugly was not the truth I thought was going to come out.
0: I think he might have. Maybe they filmed. I wouldn't be surprised if they filmed more for that. And also, um, Ryan Dolph has been tweeting for, like, fucking four months that he's going to be telling us stuff about Janelle, but he's waiting to get paid. And it's like, Radar is willing to pay. Like, you clearly have nothing that they want.
1: Mm -hmm. So true. Do you think we're going to see, like, a special of... On the cutting room floor, the Janelle's X Files, and they'll show it. us the scenes.
0: I mean, but- I would love it, but I think, I think that okay, this is also another thought. I think that MTV is very aware that the average viewer does not know who Rhindolf is beyond like the fourth episodes we've seen him in, and for this whole thing, wanted to keep it as um surface level and not just surface level but uh like chronological as possible in Janelle it's very hard to do chronological and she mm-hmm. has like a lot of like years turning in her story and, you know, like, jump, in. and they kind of get into this, that, like, she breaks up with Kiefer, then gets back with Kiefer, then breaks up with Kiefer, then gets back mm-hmm. with him. But, like, they're not including that, like, Kiefer, even though this was acknowledged on a reunion, that Janelle and Kiefer slept together after Nathan and her broke up, and Nathan broke into the house and beat Kiefer up. Like, I just don't think they were interested in, like, the story of Janelle that you and I are interested in. I don't think no. that was the goal of the special.
1: Well, the vibe that I kinda got too was I think Janelle had more control in this episode than I think any of us realized. Um, because people always complain like, Why haven't they fired Janelle? And it's like, no, Janelle is teen mom too, and it's never gonna happen and <laughs> she knows it and MTV knows.
0: That's a trigger for but- me. When you say when you bring up people saying, Why well, haven't they fired Janelle, I get triggered. Because it just makes me so angry. And we'll talk about it with Mackenzie when we get into this week's episode. Like, I just don't understand what people want to watch. What do you want to watch? It's the same reason why I don't want Farrah to be fired. I fucking hate Farrah so fucking much. But I would be pissed if she actually got fired and was off the show. Because she's just... It's just, what do people want from Teen Mom? Like, let's watch assholes being assholes. And Janelle is this fucking, she's the franchise. Janelle is not just mm-hmm. the show, she's the franchise. Honestly, it's Janelle and Farrah. As much as I hate Farrah, like, the two of them are the, fran- the faces of the franchise.
1: I also think Macy, because for a very long time, Macy was America's sweetheart. Yeah, in a that's weird- probably true. So I think people still associate Macy, past Macy, with yeah the franchise. But, like, day-to-day teen mom news, it's either Farrah or Janelle. Yeah. It's either Farrah or Janelle. And nine I mean, times Amber out of Amber
0: and Kale, they're important, but, like, it's, they're not on that level. And when people say, yes. like, why don't they fire Janelle? I'm like, because Janelle generates 100,000 tweets about her a week. Like
1: Right, and I'm 900 of them.
0: At um, least. I mean, at least. Okay, let's go on. So next was Cortland, which uh, was, he's saying he's two years sober, which, like, first of all, some of them were spent in jail. So, like, whatever. It's still good. I, You know what? We are in an opioid epidemic. Like, I genuinely hope he is two years sober. You know what I mean? Like, I want him to be two years sober. He has a baby on the way. Is Courtland two years sober? He doesn't look two years sober to me. He looks gaunt. He looks shitty. He does not look good.
1: He looks different than I remember him looking. Um, he just, like, looks... I don't know. I, like, feel concerned for him, but also disgust. So it, <laughs> it was weird. And also, Portland tweeted that his section was, like, the best section of the special. And that is a lie. That is a total lie, because I can tell you anything He also about tweeted that
0: he, lo- that he never even loved Janelle, and, like, that she was trying to contact him. And, like, I genuinely believe, okay, if Janelle was to contact her exes, it would be in this order. Kiefer, Gary, because she, her and Gary, like, kind of do go back and forth a little bit. They haven't since David's come into the picture, but Gary, like, pop will pop up. You know, at random. Mm-hmm. Also, she's not friends with Ryan Dolph right now, so I don't know. But when she's friends with Ryan Dolph and Gary's friends with Ryan Dolph, Gary pops up. when you what well, Gary's there when you least expect Gary to be there. All of a sudden, you'll see, like, Janelle and Gary hanging out, and you're like, what? Um, classic so, Gary. Classic Gary. So it goes Kiefer, Gary. And then it used to be Nate, but I think because of the the court stuff, you know, and, like, the custody, she wouldn't. But it's very hard for me to rank court. I Courtland's not even on the table for Janelle, I don't think.
1: No, and it's weird because he was like, we were going to get back together after David. And I was like, "Eh, were you?
0: I think when... I think when she dumped Cortland, like, and got with Nate. I think once Nathan came in the picture, she was, like, 100% totally done with Cortland. I don't think Cortland was ever anything for her. I think he was a rebound after after Kiefer. I think they were heroin addicts. Like, I don't... They were to get... First of all, Cortland has the nerve on TV to say we were married for two years. Cortland and Janelle were married for, like, under five months. But in North, the state of North Carolina, you have to be separated for a full year before you're allowed to even file for file for divorce. So they were to, they got married in December of two thousand fourteen or thirteen, two thousand twelve. Yeah, they got together in December two thousand twelve and were separated by like March two thousand thirteen. Like it was so quick, and for Cortland to get up there with a straight face and say they were married for two years is insane.
1: Also, like. She was pregnant by Nathan when she was, like, oh, like, he was, like, why are you in a good mood? And she's, like, I got divorced today. Yeah. And she was, like, pregnant with – or not with – yeah, she was pregnant with Kaiser. So it was, like, you guys, like, did not have two years of marital bliss. No. I don't think you had six months. No,
0: they didn't. They absolutely did not even have six months of marital bliss. And they didn't have – they dated for, like – two months before they got married they weren't even together in a relationship not including like including non-married time for a year so Cortland I don't know Cortland can fuck up fuck off I didn't find his scenes that compelling I did like Janelle just being like he's garbage
1: I loved I loved when she was like Cortland Rogers is trouble oh and if you hang out with him you will get in trouble and I was like yeah yeah, you yeah. will. Also, broke so, broken uh, up when she had her abortion by him. Yeah, by him. Her abortion. He was in jail. I didn't... He was in jail. Like, I didn't... I don't know. My... That timeline, as we have said, is a mess. So, like, it was... It was no time. They were no, had no time together. None.
0: They had no time together. So, then, next, we get Nathan. And I would say the only <sighs> notable parts about Nathan were how infuriating that he made it, made it seem like all of his troubles were Janelle-related. Uh, like, first of all, when Janelle and Nathan got together, he didn't have custody of his child and only had supervised visits. So, like, miss and, me with that. And, and two, was, the, the other notable part was when he said he only blew a point oh nine, but, like, that was his third DUI.
1: Well, the notable part for me was he was, like, before Janelle Evans was in my life, I hadn't been in trouble for six years. And I was like, hey, but you're not six. Like, you were, Um, like, in your 20s. Also, like, I'm
0: positive that's not true. Because when Janelle and uh, Nathan got together, I think Emery was only, like, four. And he did not – he only had supervised visits with her. And the rumor was it was because his DUI came uh, when she was in the car. I mean, okay, so basically the timeline of Nathan's DUIs are – supposedly he got a DUI on military base so he got like in trouble with the military but he didn't actually like get a DUI then he had a DUI which I assume he got like what in Pennsylvania is called ARD and it's basically like your first criminal offense it goes off your record then he got a second Mm -hmm. DUI at some point after the military. So that had to have been within six fucking years of meeting Janelle. Because he was om- I think Nathan's my age. Because he just turned 30. And he got with Janelle in 2013. Like, so, yeah. He got with Janelle in 2013. Which is... Four- so he was like 26. There's just no way that he hadn't gotten in trouble since he was 20. That's not a factual you're, statement. And then the you're third... You're
1: missing a DUI.
0: Yeah, the, then the I'm third pretty. DUI. So he got his like first one... Then a second one, then a third one. But the reason I'm pretty sure that it was like he it was technically his second was because the first one was like expunged off his record.
1: No, because I'm no joke reading an article right now and he got one when they first started dating. Because well, that's, he
0: That's one that was, that was the on one the show. Tasered? Yeah. Oh. That was what was on the show. What? And that was technically his third DUI, but he only got punishment like it was the second.
1: Oh, okay. No, no, now I I know what one I'm thinking. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right, as always. Um, Okay, yeah. So he had, but I still don't think the six years, and even if it was six years, you don't, like, that's not Janelle's fault. Like, he, like, just made it sound like if he had been, like, I had never been in trouble in the law my entire life until I met Janelle Evans, I'd be like, wow, that's crazy. But he was, like, in six years. And I was, like, okay. Yeah. But he knew he couldn't say
0: that because Twitter is like, uh, what the fuck are you talking about?
1: Oh, by the way... I have the receipts.
0: We need to talk about, just very quickly, about the fact that you and I are so fucking obsessed with his girlfriend in the way that she tweets. Like, we are constantly talking about this. We don't think anybody is paying enough attention to this. Like, I want, like, the FBI to open an investigation on it, how Ashley, his new girlfriend uses social media exactly the same way that Janelle does.
1: Can I do a dramatic reading yes. of the tweet from this week? Yes, of course. Um,
0: I know exactly what one you're talking about.
1: <laughs> so, she tweeted, Boyfriend surprises me and my coworkers with gourmet donuts from my favorite shop. My day is made, and tomorrow is my Friday. Nathan replies with, because I love you. And of course I would bring donuts. I just want you and your coworkers to have a super duper positive day, even if it's through all of your tummies. What? I cannot handle this tweet conversation.
0: Yeah. And tonight, no adult. they're with Kaiser and she tweeted, hold on, something like.
1: What is oh, this Kaiser is? like got into the car and was like, hold me, Ashley. I love you. Yeah. Which is exactly something that Janelle would say.
0: I feel so special. Kaiser gets in the car and he says, hold me, Ashley. I love you. Melts my heart.
1: Oh, my God. And I word for word believe she tweeted that about Rara, who's um, that was, was that Cortland's daughter? No, Gary's daughter. Jaja. Jaja
0: is Cortland's daughter. Jaja. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I swear to God she tweeted that tweet about yeah,
0: yeah. of course also just so you know she also tweeted having my clients take the Briggs personality testing group today i love when i can use some of my college materials to help others
1: what Myers Briggs is not some secret thing that only us college graduates know about you what? can google it
0: what is she talking about her She's college material what? like that's I hate her so much. Okay, so... But I love her. I mean, well, yeah, of course. So, I think that's really it for The X-Files. Do you have anything else that you want to add?
1: No, because it ended with her and David being like, we were in love and we saw the veil that I hated. And basically, moral of the story, The X-Files was a Janelle Evans redemption arc. And I think Janelle had a hand in editing it. Not like she sat there on the cutting room floor, but I think... She had more control in the storyline than we thought because it was, like, basically it was, like, look at all these garbage and then, like, my Prince Charming came along. Which is, like, fine. I get it. But, like, at the same time, I was, like, this isn't what I wanted.
0: Yeah. I think I I would have liked a Janelle X-Files better if it was just, like, brutally honest and Janelle had no Mm -hmm. part
1: in it. Yeah. I I don't think I wanted Janelle talking heads. And I think I wanted them... To follow, I wanted it to be a mini series. I wanted them to do a being special of all of them, and I wanted him. I except for like maybe not Cortland No, probably. I mean, Cortland. give us a Courtland. I mean, we, if we're
0: if we're doing it, let's do it. You know,
1: do the whole thing. And I want yeah. them each to have a half hour special to an hour.
0: Perfect.
1: A day, and I want it to be called not being Kiefer. I want it a day in the life of Kiefer.
0: Oh God, we watch him like wake up and go to the liquor store. <laughs>
1: Yes. No, I want 24 yeah. hours in the life of every single ex.
0: <laughs> and he lives That's in Pennsylvania right now, so like I or he maybe gets like malt liquor but he has to go to like the pizza shop to get it because like Pennsylvania yes. liquor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is the show I want. Same. Let's go to the episode and w- I mean like what are we just not going to start with Macy's scene or segments? It's it's the only oh. segments worth worth talking about, talking about. Um people did ask me because I didn't recap this episode why they fit. I think Ryan was crying when Larry was talking. And I personally I think it just I think he Ryan was having, like, a lot... I think for the first time in probably many years, Ryan was feeling the reality of the fact that, like, he has no control over Bentley. And that... I think it didn't have that much to do with Larry. I think he was just feeling, like, a wave of emotions. Because when you do opiates, you kind of, like, shut all your emotions off. And then when you get... Like, I cried so much in rehab. I would just, like... After some groups, I would just like go back to my bed and like hysterically cry for like an hour because you just like turn all your emotions off and then you turn them back on and it's a lot to deal with. And I think he was just having maybe like a moment of clarity that he quickly then shut down, but it was just a moment of clarity of like whoa, I am a terrible dad and my dad is over here ranting and I don't even know if I agree with him. My dad's drunk. He also, Ryan was probably a little drunk, you know? Like, yeah, he was drinking beer. He hadn't had a beer in a while. He's probably, like, two beers deep and feeling a little emotional. I think it wasn't, I don't think it was, like, some great big thing. I think he was just having a little moment of clarity.
1: See, I think you're even giving him too much credit like I have been up and down and I was like I just think he just like was crying like I don't think there was some great big like intersection behind it I don't think he like even was like holy crap I'm a bad dad and like got overcome with emotion I just think like he's like and I don't know does this happen when you're recovering where you're just like kind of emotional about everything and nothing at the same time so I don't think it was, like, this moment of clarity. I think it was just, like, he's just, like, a raw person right now. I so agree. he just cried. I
0: I pretty much agree with that. Okay, so, yeah. basically, Macy doesn't want Bentley to see Ryan. And, well, it's not that she doesn't want Bentley to see Ryan. She doesn't – and Macy is 100% in the right about this. Like, she still doesn't know, like, anything about his treatment – you know when he had go- when she had gone to Father's Day and like to let Bentley see Ryan and he was she was like so how are you and he's like oh I'm fine and she's like you literally just got out of rehab <laughs> um, right she so basically her condition is that she wants to have her attorney send him a letter that's like you have to do a drug test
1: you know I I actually like really agree with her. And I respect the fact that she's like, I'm willing to pay for it. Like, don't even worry about it. I'm willing to pay for it. My issue was when he was sending those text messages, what, like two episodes ago, Mm -hmm. she just, she should have replied. Like, she should have replied because she gave him this small little piece of Of ammo. Yeah. To use against her um which like obviously all of us are like well, okay she didn't reply to your text message but like he does have this thing to use against her and i think i think he should be telling her what happened in rehab because bentley's like nine yeah bentley knows what is up and he's going to have questions and he probably has had questions
0: yeah like and she i don't can't think she doesn't. Need, he doesn't need to give her a detailed explanation no. of everything he did in rehab because the fact is, she is his ex, and some of it is not her business. But like Macy Ryan and Bentley, the three of them, maybe with Mimi Jen, should be sitting down and kind of explaining to Bentley that like Daddy has a illness, he had to go away to get better. You know, I think she does, or even honestly, like. I don't even really know how much she needs to know about what happened in rehab, but he should at least be telling her, like, what his aftercare plan is, and obviously mm-hmm. he doesn't have one, which is why he's not... I think if he had said to her, like, I don't really want to talk about what I did in rehab, you know, it was pretty private and personal, but just so you know, I'm going to intensive outpatient where I'm getting drug tested twice a week, I'm seeing a mm-hmm. therapist, and I'm going to meetings. I think if he said that and didn't tell her shit about rehab, she'd be like, okay,
1: yeah, she just like, and I think also in the in the past episode when he was texting her about getting out early, he wasn't texting her from his phone. He even said he was like, "Oh, I texted her. I forgot from whose phone number." I think but McKenzie's. it wasn't. No, it wasn't Mackenzie and it wasn't Larry or Jen's. He said some guy's name, and oh. he was like saying he was like, "This is Ryan." Blah blah blah. So I'm kind of me. I'm like, I'm like I kind of get why she didn't reply. But at the same time, like no. he, like you should have said, like, "Hey, listen, I got out early. Let's can we meet for coffee and have a quick chat, or even like can we have a quick phone call?" Yeah, or I like, think do you have? Maisie has minutes?
0: put herself into this position that a lot of people, and I will say, especially women, enter into, is that they cut a guy slack for so long, and then they just mm-hmm. get sick of cutting the guy slack. And it ends up making the woman look, like, unforgiving and, like, non-caring. And it's almost kind of her fault. I mean, okay. I want to phrase this right. And she actually says this. Like, this is, I'm kind of maybe getting screwed because I was so generous. And the fact is, Macy's, like, been cleaning up and, like, allowing Ryan to be Ryan for eight fucking years. Plus, however long he was being Ryan before Bentley came into the picture. And so now it's like she wants to like, change their whole dynamic, and it's like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, Macy, like, this is who Ryan always is, so you kind of have to play along, even though that's not really fair of me and the audience to expect that of Macy, and it's okay for people to get boundaries, but I think she kind of knows that, too, which is why she said, like, I, I might have fucked myself by being so generous, and I think they've established this relationship and now that Macy's not feeding into it. I'm like, why is she ignoring him? Like she shouldn't ignore him. Like, what does she do? You know what? It's like that.
1: Mm -hmm. No. And I think that's partially why her relationship with Larry and Jen has fallen apart as much as it has because they're like, why aren't you following the status quo? Yeah. This is how we've always been. He's always done this and we've always picked it up. And you've like, just always quietly come and gotten Bentley and you haven't said anything. So like, why now?
0: Yeah, but the fact is, and I mean, it's a very good reason for why now, is because one, Macy's grown up, two, she has a husband that loves and supports her and is a true partner, and I think through Taylor, she's, like, really seen, like, how a man is supposed to be a parent, and she's like, what the fuck am I putting up with with Ryan? And, like, right. what what am I doing? And even, bet like, in the episode before when Taylor, and I don't think he would, like, I don't think he was out of place when he said this. It wasn't overstepping his bounds at all when he was like, and you know how Bentley comes when he comes back from his parents and like a spoiled brat. And they were talking about how Bentley's like a spoiled brat when he comes back from his grandparents. And I think Taylor has really, in my opinion, probably in a healthy and good way, has like really shown and kind of talked to Macy about like how inappropriate like the enabling she does of Ryan. Mm-hmm. And also... um, the fact is, Macy doesn't have time to deal with this bullshit anymore. She's got two other kids.
1: Yeah, like, and like when Ryan said, Macy has never helped me with Bentley. I well, we'll, we'll get
0: there. We'll get there because I have a lot know, of thoughts but I can't, on that. I, I, it's I know, insane. But like, it's literally it. It is so fucking ugh. insane. It is so beyond insane that it. It's incomprehensible that he could live on this planet and think that Macy hasn't done shit for him. Macy is racist fucking child for him. But I think in his head, I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan, if you called him out on that, would say, my parents would have done it. She didn't have to.
1: Oh, hands down. And I think the Taylor-Macy dynamic is exactly opposite of the Mackenzie-Ryan dynamic. Yes. Of the ways that like Taylor is kind of pushing Macy up and I don't like blaming Mackenzie for any of Ryan's problems because problems existed long before she came around um but she's kind of pulling them down because like Taylor has quickly become one of my favorite side characters I am not here for any negativity towards him I love Um, him.
0: I think him and Macy are a great couple who are true partners. I think right now like we're seeing the edges of them a little. They're going through something stressful, and they have two young fucking kids plus Bentley. But I think they're in it for the long haul in a way that – I really like comparing them to Cole and Chelsea because I've always said on this podcast that I think Chelsea is putting her best face forward for Cole and is not being totally Mm -hmm. authentic with him. And I don't think that's the case at all with Macy and Taylor. And I think they are like in it together and they are raising those kids together and they're true partners.
1: Right. And I just think Taylor doesn't get enough credit of how great he is in the stepfather role and how great he is in the partner role and in the, father role, which is such a weird phrase, but you know, he just does such a good job of just like, you know how people always praise Cole of like Cole was there for the dance when Adam didn't show up. And it's like, okay, well, Taylor hasn't missed a baseball game. I guarantee he's it. He's coaching like, the Taylor's, baseball team. Right. He's coaching it. He's at every practice. Like he's the one that's like, like you can tell that there's this genuine love between him mm-hmm. and Bentley. And I think there's a genuine love between Cole and Aubrey too. Yeah, same. I truly do. Um, But I just think with Taylor, it's like Taylor also, I think, is part of the role of protecting Bentley from the ugly side of Ryan. And we've never seen Taylor angry or resentful or Mm -hmm. jealous of any of her co-parenting. Like when she's like, this is what I have to do to co-parent with Ryan. He's like, great. How do I help?
0: Yeah, 100%. And I really I also think part of the reason that we see that so much and I is because Macy like lets him be that. Like you've I we've heard Chelsea say, like, and you know, I don't I don't like to talk about Adam in front of Cole. I don't like Cole to have to deal with this. Like she says that right. shit. Like, well, I don't want Cole to have to deal with like this custody stuff. But we've never heard Macy say that about Taylor, ever.
1: Right. And part of it is like, well, we should talk to Cole about this. Like this if you're building this family with Cole, like Aubrey's in that family and Adam is in Aubrey's family and like Cole should be involved in this custody situation not yeah. in like huh. doing the drop-ups but like he should know what's going on you sh- that should be the person when you get home from court you like vent it all out
0: yeah to. not to Chelsea Grace or Randy yeah e- exactly and Chelsea's like well, I don't want to talk to Cole about this because like Cole shouldn't have to deal with this but you know that like Macy does not feel that way about Taylor and wants Taylor to be part of it with her
1: and mm-hmm. I, I just yeah. love
0: the two of them together. So, Ryan and Mackenzie's new house is like, I'm assuming it's a rental, but it's like incredible. It, it's so beautiful. The dock is so yeah.
1: nice. It's gorgeous. Like, that is a gorgeous house. And it's like that, is it like river wood? It's like, I don't know how to describe that wood, but you see that like mm-hmm. beach houses a lot. Yeah. It's like, and did you w- see it's the like dock? How it had like a little house yeah. on it? Like, it's a rental though. That's a hundred percent a rental.
0: Definitely. But good for him. Um but Ryan's Great friend job, Randy. Ryan's friend Randy comes over and Ryan says that he talks to his counselor and then Mackenzie comes out and does this thing that Mackenzie's been doing a lot where she stands silently with this like look
1: on her face. It felt like do you know, do you remember I don't know what your parents are like, but remember when you have, like a boyfriend over? And your parents would just, like, be in the room, so you knew they were in the room. They weren't talking, they weren't interacting with you, but they were there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, yeah, that's true. Like, she's just, like, out there, and Ryan's like, I can't see Bentley, and that's when he said she's never helped me in any sort uh of way since we've had them. I literally rewound the scene because I said... He really didn't just say. It. I must have heard him wrong. and meant he must have meant something else or said something else. So let me rewind this to make sure that's not that is not what he just said.
1: That was like, and part of me want to be like Ryan. Have you ever paid child support? Like, have you? This is yeah. I don't know. Question. I don't think like, we
0: know. I don't think we know if Ryan pays child support.
1: It. I'm like Ryan. You've never like watched him alone in your house like he stays at your parent like I was just so baffled by that and like also like rewinding a little bit in that conversation when he was talking about his recovery and he was like yeah I'm still dealing with the withdrawals and
0: that was weird I wasn't I mean I think okay so there's this thing called post-acute withdrawal syndrome and you kind of like feel it for a while but if you're still actively feeling withdrawals like why are you not in rehab
1: Right. And then he was like, and I talked to my counselor sometimes. And I'm like, well, who is your counselor? Like, is that? He's a rehab
0: counselor. He must call him on the phone once.
1: Right. Like, and he just, like, kind of mumbled it and, like, literally changed the conversation. And then, like, Mackenzie was there, like, what time's Bentley's baseball game? That was a bad Mackenzie impersonation. I can do better, but still.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was, I just, I really, truly believe that Ryan Feels like Jen and Larry. I really truly believe that Ryan feels like Maisie, Macy is just choosing to take on the full responsibility of raising Bentley, and that the only reason she do, like that she does does it for no reason, and that Jen and Larry could handle it totally. So he doesn't, she doesn't get a reason to bitch about Ryan, right? And I also what did, what like did he even was... say in that last episode when he said to Jen, like, how many times have you watched your kids and she's never paid you? And Jen's like, what are you talking about?
1: Like, it's not about That's... money. Right, and it was, like, so weird because it was, like, Ryan, like, up until, like, this past year, Jen was, like, another grandmother to those kids. Like, happily was, like, give me that. And, like, Ryan yeah. was weirdly also very close to those kids, too. Like, I distinctly remember him being, like, give me that baby and, like, picking up Jade.
0: Yeah, because Jay Cause I Carter he, like, was the cutest baby ever. Hands down,
1: the cutest baby in the world. But I feel like we never even saw him do that with Bentley. We never saw him B- come home from work and be like, give me that baby and, like, they pick up the adorable biscuit a of a baby. Place.
0: Remember when Mackenzie first came into the picture and everybody was in such a good place? That was sad. Remember when I mean, when loved- obviously not. Ryan was, like, obviously fucking using heroin or whatever. But um, <laughs> poor we thought they were in a good place, and Ryan. Well, I just remember when we thought she was
1: thirty-five, and we were yeah. like, "Congratulations on getting a age-appropriate wife yeah. or a girlfriend."
0: Yeah, I do. I do remember that. I just like I have actually been really respecting Jen in these posts. Like, I know I didn't talk about this episode on Feathers My Hair last week, but. I thought Jen, when she looked at Ryan and said, how about you do what you do and I'll do what I do? I was like, good for Mm. you, Jen. Like, I appreciate that Jen is not taking place in this Macy shit-talking fest. I think Jen's kind of had the wind knocked out of her sails a little bit with this rehab. I think Jen, I think since the wedding, because, like, last season she wasn't so... She wasn't like anti Mackenzie, but she wasn't like pro Macy, you know? Like, she was. Mm-hmm. All- but ever since we saw her like sobbing at the wedding, I think Jen is kind of like teetering on like just being totally defeated.
1: I know, and like that's. It's sad because I do think she is the stable force in that household. Mm-hmm. Like, Larry's a low key met, like high key mess. Larry being is an hammered. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Also, but he's a mess, and like, not, not a nice mess. Jen's what? Not
0: stupid, and she hasn't been able to see Bentley. Right, and like, she's probably that's devastated.
1: Like, yeah, like that's her, but like that's her grandbaby. Like that's that's Jen all needs she has. Like,
0: dogs, to be honest. Like Jen, need, like okay. Jen needs to get some things in her life. I feel like she's a little too attached to Bentley.
1: I thought that dog. What is that, Kingsley? Is that the dog? I Chase. thought that was Jen's dog.
0: I think it's Chase. Chance, maybe. Chance. I love. I fucking love that dog. I just love like I think you've never heard that dog Jen. make a noise, and they just like will randomly pan down, and you realize it's just like snuggled in Ryan's lap, and you're like, oh my god,
1: there's a puppy in the room. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: Like. Oh. So much, I don't know, like, so much is just, like, happening and not happening in these scenes, if that makes sense. And it's...
0: Yes. 100.
1: Mackenzie's becoming a, a very weird force in this scene. I... Like, she's just always there.
0: I'm obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with her. So much. She's, le- she's leaning into this villain role, though she does not realize she's doing it, which is great. So, Macy goes over to Keeley's house, and Keeley is pregnant, and... uh. Macy reads some of the text messages between her and Ryan and in it we see like we see the blue bubbles like Macy is sending him texts like Macy is no mm-hmm. longer ignoring Ryan she's sending him long paragraphs of texts and basically tells him like you have I my attorney sending you a letter you have to take these drug tests and then once you take the drug tests like you can have them for a couple hours it's at my expense it has to be hair and urine and I'm assuming like he probably has to do it at a lab. And then she said, and then somebody else starts texting <laughs> because there's punctuation and capital letters. And I guess Mac texted, you know, I'm home from rehab. And if you needed any sort of clarification, it went well. And Keely's just like floor, like Keely is all of us when we're like, what? If you needed any sort of clarification, it's like, that's insane,
1: And that's, like, not clarification at all. It went well. Like, great. It went well. Like, that's what you say after taking, like, an exam. I don't know. It it was such weird phrasing. It was such Mackenzie phrasing. Yeah. And it was such, like, I don't know. She's, like, I've been needing clarification for the past, like, three weeks. Like, I don't know. Like, it was weird. Also, I didn't realize Keely was pregnant So when she was, like, I just, like, have my organs, like, up in my rib cage. I was, like, girl, what is wrong with you?
0: (laughs) So she also said, since you will not communicate with me or let me see my son, I'm going to have to seek legal action to make it happen. And Macy and Keely just start laughing. And Macy says, okay, you'll pass it if you take a drug test. And then he doesn't answer. Once the drug test is, like, fully laid on the table, Ryan stops texting her.
1: I just like in what world does Ryan use the term seek legal action? In oh, what world?
0: Uh, no.
1: <laughs> and I loved Keely being like, okay, Mackenzie. Yeah.
0: I love I like Keely.
1: I know. She's been around for a while. Like she's in it. She's in it for the long haul, like Taylor.
0: Yeah. Agreed. So Larry, We get a Larry and Jen scene. I think there's <laughs> such a notable, noticeable difference between when Larry's drunk and when he's not. You can tell it in his mannerisms. He gets angry when he's drunk. I feel like he either gets really angry or really happy. And I thought this Larry and Jen scene was actually good and genuine and really spoke a lot to, like, how family members of addicts feel in a way that Max's not going to talk about it. And he definitely said a lot of stuff that like I've heard parents of addicts say before. And I thought Larry, I've been like on Larry's case this season, obviously everybody has, but I did think that he was good in this scene.
1: Um, I did have a question that I wanted you to clarify for me when they were talking about, Jen and Bentley being his okay, trigger. Okay, we'll
0: get there. Let's let's start at the beginning because, I, like, I do have okay. thoughts on that. And I think there's a little bit of Larry not explaining what he meant because he doesn't understand it. So, when Larry, I thought it was really, like, nice when Larry said, you know, it's nice that I call him up and I understand what he's saying mm-hmm. and, like, he's actually awake and I can understand, like, the words that he's using I was like, that's great. And when Larry said that, like, those date, the 30 days he was in rehab, which, like, okay, he wasn't in rehab for 30 days, but we'll pretend. It was the best Larry ever felt because he knew, they knew he was safe. And I have heard that repeatedly, like, that from parents, addicts, like, even when they're in jail, like, they're almost happy when their kid is in jail because they're not going to get a phone call that their child is dead. In that they can finally sleep. Like, I've heard parents of addicts say, like, I didn't have a good night's sleep until my kid got arrested and went to jail. Because they knew they weren't, you know, going to overdose. And I think I genuinely felt for Larry and Jen when Larry said that.
1: Well, just when, like, and, like, Jen was just sobbing, to be completely yeah. honest. Like, I it was, really like, a controlled southern woman sob, but it was a yeah. sob.
0: My heart really felt for her. Yeah. And. The fact is, like, Larry and John have a lot of issues, and this is not me defending them in any way, shape, or form. They enable the shit out of Ryan, they spoil Bentley, they go against Macy, but the fact is, like, at the end of the day, they're humans, you know, and they're not evil people. Like, I, I think they've been getting, not a bad edit, but, like, a realistic edit, and I, it is so easy to be like, well, stop enabling your child, And it's so hard to do it. I have a friend that is very, she's just like in the worst way. And I have told her mom, like, have you considered like cutting her off? And she said, Liz, like, I will never do that because if she dies, which she could, I will never be able to live with myself if I did that. And that was all I said, okay, because who am I to tell the parents of a child to cut them off? You know, when the reality is you might be loving that child to death, but, like, I am never going to tell a parent that. Like, that is not my place. It's just, it's not my place. And I think Jen and Larry do a lot wrong when it comes to Ryan, but I don't know how anybody could watch that scene and not feel, like, deep empathy for them. And then, like, the fact their only son is a fucking heroin addict, and he just got out of treatment, and they, like... You just, the whole situation is so out of their control. And I, I don't know. I just felt for them in that scene. I I thought that was a good, realistic scene of, like, parents of addicts.
1: When I feel like we've kind of forgotten, because it's lately kind of been, like, Larry and Jen versus Macy. Mm -hmm. But we've kind of forgotten that, like, they probably just had the worst year of their life. Yeah. Like, this past year has been hell for them. Yeah. Like, everyone now knows their child is struggling with addiction you know their son marries this girl and like this traumatic parking lot wedding like they're getting cut off from the only grandchild they have um you know like it's been hard
0: it's yeah a hundred percent and i'm like really really felt for jen in that moment like she just looked so she just looked beat up Like, she was just tired. Like, you know, she woke up that day, and she did her hair, and she put her makeup on like she probably does every single day, and she just kind of seemed, like, defeated. And that was sad, because I don't think Jen lets herself get defeated very often.
1: Well, I'm very curious about their relationships that we don't see on the show, like, their friends. Yeah. You know, I'm positive that Jen's been basically like a stay at home mom and she's in there's like that very much lifestyle that you see a lot of times in the south of like you know this mm-hmm. she's probably fairly social and I feel like she's probably cut everyone off since yeah the Ryan addiction news has broke like she just I'm felt, sure she's
0: very isolated
1: yeah sure. and she you're right though she's defeated like it's a woman defeated
0: yeah yeah and you know Larry basically says like look we're not stupid like we knew something was going on and my parents kind of said the same thing because they you know like I was only on heroin for like a short amount of time before I went to treatment like under a year but they knew I like struggled with drug issues but weren't sure exactly what and Knew I'd been having issues for a long time, but, like, then I got worse, and, like, they knew something was going on. But, like, you just don't ever think that about your own kid, you know? It's, like, not where your mind goes. And um, they're like, you know, but every time we would confront him, he would just leave. He would blow up and leave. And then, okay, so what Larry says is that they, they didn't know the triggers, which he says are Bentley and when Jen cries. So what I think, what I think... A therapist told them or Ryan maybe half-heartedly explained was I have a feeling (laughs) that when Ryan got home from rehab or maybe they had like a family counseling session when he was there and Jen is like crying you know (laughs) as Jen does and then I bet Larry's like and what about Bentley what about Bentley how could you do this to your son and Ryan was probably like, I cannot talk to you about this when you're throwing, like, when you're bringing up my son and when mom is crying. Like, I I just can't, like, and I can understand that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think Larry it, and, like, Ryan is going to use, which is how I think a lot of people took it. But in the context of the conversation... I think what Larry meant was now we understand that if we want to have a conversation with Ryan about how he's doing, we can't start, we can't make it about Bentley and Jen can't be crying. Maybe we, Larry and Ryan can sit down. You can say, how are you doing? Like, how is this affecting your life? Do you feel like you're being, you might be able to go to work? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. what he meant. That like, once he confronts him about Bentley, Ryan blows up and leaves. Or when Jen starts crying, Ryan blows up and leaves. I'm pretty sure that's so what he meant.
1: So it's like what triggers Ryan's shutdown? And yes. not like what triggers... I don't, okay.
0: that I don't a think, a think he meant heroin stuff. because they were... It was in the context of... Them knowing something was going on, but not getting any real information from Ryan and how he would just blow up or leave. And I and Larry said, and now we know, like, how to talk to him and things to look for. And I think in Larry's head he like made a lot more sense than when he said it out loud and in larry's head i bet what he was imagining was all the fights he had when larry was like and you come to this house you can't even see your fucking son like why where the fuck were you like bentley was here where the fuck were you
1: and And, like your mother's been crying all night like look at her she's sobbing yeah
0: and ryan's like all right fuck you bye and I think that's yeah. what Larry meant, because that makes sense. I'm not saying he's mm-hmm. justified in Ryan, like, getting to shut down and walk out. But I, that explanation from Larry, if that is what he meant, makes sense to me.
1: No, I it, it makes sense to me, too, because, like I said, I thought it was, like, the that's what's been triggering his heroin usage. And I'm like, that does not add up to me at all. Yeah. But that makes more sense.
0: Yeah, I because cause they weren't necessarily talking about him using in that convert Like, they were, of course. They were talking about his addiction and that they were terrified something was going to happen to him. But in that moment, they were talking about, like, why they hadn't, like, gotten through to Ryan.
1: hmm Interesting.
0: Yeah. So, hmm. and I actually wrote down in quotes, so I'm guessing he said this. Although even sometimes I write down in quotes, like, not direct quotes. My not- I'm an unreliable note taker, if you will. <laughs> I wrote down, you use Bentley, it's a trigger. So I think what he meant was, like, you use Bentley against him, or you use Bentley as a meet. Because I bet Ryan's parents are like, you have to get better for Bentley, you know what you're mm-hmm. doing to Bentley. Like any any person would say. That's not an unreasonable point to bring up. You know, like, it's a, in my opinion, a completely fucking reasonable point to bring up when your fucking son is a drug addict and completely neglecting all his responsibilities towards his child. You, of course, say, like, why aren't you taking care of Bentley? Like, you need to get better for Bentley. So I think that's what Larry means when he says you use Bentley. It's a trigger.
1: Mm hmm. Interesting. Okay. That makes sense.
0: Yeah. It was a l-
1: devastating scene. All it was around.
0: devastating. And then he ends it with Ryan's all we have. He's ours. And we love Ryan. And it's like that. I can't imagine how hard it is to have a child as an addict. I've literally seen knowing people in addiction, like their parents divorce over their addiction because it just devastates families so much. Much and one parent wants to handle it one way, another parent wants to handle it another way, and you just like they divorce over it because like just the stress it brings on the family and I can't even imagine when it's your only child
1: well, and I feel like we kind of saw them almost heading toward a divorce because there was that time where they were just like how they were handling Ryan was vastly different from each other, yeah,
0: yeah. Absolutely. So Macy takes the kids grocery shopping and we get a cute little scene where she tells uh, Bentley not to buy sushi from the grocery store because you're just not sure (laughs) if it's fresh or not. I would imagine especially true for a grocery store in, like, the middle of Tennessee, you know? Yes,
1: and a landlocked state.
0: Yeah, and we see Ryan, yeah, because, I mean, TBH, like, I'll gladly buy a a sushi from a Publix grocery store in South Florida. Like, no fear (laughs) here, baby. (laughs) So, we get a scene back at the house. Once again, I heard the house is so nice. And Ryan calls a lawyer. And he tells the lawyer, you know, we've never gone to court. Mackenzie's sitting there. He, The lawyer's on speakerphone. And Ryan's like, we've never gone to court. And the lawyer's like, okay, well, if your kid is eight years old, like, what's going on that now all of a sudden you need to go to court? And Ryan's like, well, you know, she's going to hide. Or she said, he's like, well, you know, um... I went to rehab, and now I'm back. <laughs> and the, Ryan, the lawyer asked Ryan what his drug of choice is, and he straight up says heroin. And the fucking look on Mackenzie, did you notice this? The look on Mackenzie's face when he says it, she looks livid that he said that on camera.
1: I thought if she could explode him with her mind, she would have in that moment.
0: Like, yeah. that's how
1: mad she looked.
0: Yeah. So, like, fucking livid. You know she was expecting him to say opiates. And you know what's so funny? I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but when I went to rehab, this is this is insane. This is how stigmatized heroin is. When I went to rehab, like, I swung open the door. I, like, it, it was very dramatic. And I, like screamed for my dad to come get me um i was like very very sick and i said to my dad i was like dad you have to take me to the hospital i'm detoxing from opiates like (laughs) i like wouldn't i was asking my dad to take me to get help and i wouldn't even say the word heroin i said i'm de,' and i like i was so fucking desperate i was asking my dad to take me to like well i said the hospital because i like didn't have the frame of mind to be like, take me to rehab. I thought I would like go to the emergency room, which like, thank God he didn't take me there because the emergency room doesn't really do anything for heroin uh, withdrawal. Cause it like, doesn't it's not deadly, you know, like you don't die. Mm-hmm. It's not like Benzo, like Xanax or alcohol where you can die. Um, it's just the worst feeling of all time. And I like was like, he's like opiates. And then I think in the car, I was like, it's heroin. Cause he was like bugging me about what it was. But, like, I had the frame of mind in this, like, desperate moment to still lie. I mean, it wasn't a lie. It was opiates. But, like, I had the frame of mind not to say heroin. And I think that's what Mackenzie wanted from Ryan.
1: Well, and I just thought it was crazy because we've been speculating pretty hard of what was Ryan on. So to hear it confirmed literally from his mouth was kind of like, oh, oh, okay. I was like, glad he
0: said it. I was mm-hmm. glad he said it. I think they're so and even me like I was 100% sure it was pills. Um this by the way does put the $10,000 a week number in way more of a speculation. I guess if he's doing heroin it's closer to like 1500 to 2000 a week. If it was pills it could be I think I said probably like 5 to 7,000. I never really thought the 10,000 number was 100% accurate, but you know, who knows.
1: Do you think he was either doing pills and then went to heroin? So, like, at his peak, it was 10000 but, like, Pas- in the past definitely. couple?
0: Also, I think, like...
1: Was he bankrolling what, people's heroin addictions, too? Would I, believe, like, right?
0: would I believe that, like, Macy or Mackenzie was like, how much did you spend? How much did you spend? He's like, I don't know, like, 10000 a week. Like... You know what I mean? Like, he Mm -hmm. just, like, told her some number, like, just because.
1: No, that makes sense. And just just, just to, like, give her a number? Yeah. And, like, let her cling to that?
0: Yeah, he had been in a rehab for a week, his mind still— I mean, God only knows the things that I said out loud when I had, like, seven days sober. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like, I can only imagine the things that I came up with when I had seven (laughs) days sober. Like— your brain is fucked up. Like, you fuck your brain up when you do heroin. I was telling this story... um, Not, like, telling a story, but... It's been almost four years since Philip Seymour Hoffman died, you know, of an overdose. And that was... I think he died, like, in the winter of 2014, and I got sober at the beginning of May 2014. So, shortly after he died, he got sober. And I was, like, in the thick of my addiction at this point. And he died, I remember, and the news article said he had 75 bags, like, of unused heroin in his apartment. And I remember, like, my mind was like, oh, like, I was so jealous, which is fucking (sighs) insane. Like, it's insane. We used to hear, like, um, I remember our, me and my friend's drug dealer once told us that they had to recut the supply because somebody had overdosed. And, like, it's not good for a drug dealer when someone overdoses because it can come back on them, you know, a little easier than, like, if someone just gets caught with the packs. And mm-hmm. I remember my friend and I, like, having a conversation, like, that we didn't want him to change, like, how he was doing it like, how he was selling it because someone overdosed and meant it was, like, really good heroin. And I oh also God. had, like, I had this, like, I was convinced for a while that, like, I didn't really have a heroin problem. My problem was that I didn't have enough money, so I would get sick. And if I, like, had infinite money and just, like, would never get dope sick, like, it would be totally fine for me to be a heroin addict for the rest of my life. Like, these are the type of thoughts that I regularly had. Like, I was consumed by drugs at all times of day. And so, you know, when Ryan had seven days sober when he saw Mackenzie, like, fucking knows what he told her. Your brain is so fucked up. Like, you... I mean, drugs rewire your brain. They fuck you up. And some people, it takes a long time to recuperate from that.
1: Yeah, I I can only imagine. Like, it's... like Right, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, Mackenzie, like, don't take anything he said as well. Like... For that time period, like, don't cling to that as a fact.
0: Yeah, exactly. And who knows? Like, maybe maybe there was a week that he, like, did $10,000 of pills, cocaine, and strippers and prostitutes. And so he oh told her, $10,000. I spent $10,000 once.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, Mackenzie. So, oh. Um, Ryan... Is, like, she won't return my calls or text messages, which we know is factually not true. Because we saw the text messages that Mackenzie sent, or M- Macy sent him. Like, we saw the blue bubbles. We know that she sent him. And, yes, like, it is, you know, we never know about the MTV editing, but he brought up drug tests. So, right. and the lawyer said, which, like, made me cringe is that she's going to hide behind this rehab and substance abuse thing. Which, like, yeah, she yeah. is. But at the same time, like, what does the lawyer know? You know, he, he doesn't know these people. For all he knows, right. Macy's a fucking mess and is just we- withholding the son for no reason. Like, he doesn't know. Right. He He's just trying to give, like, the best advice. And Mackenzie just, like, looks like she's pooping in her pants. Is she
1: just, like... I don't, I don't know. Like in the lawyer advice, it was such like a weird conversation, um, to see being filmed because for him to just be like, I don't because he was like, well, we haven't had anything in writing. He's like, okay, well, what have you been doing? And he's like, heroin. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it was just like this weird. Yeah. Yeah. This is a stranger that he's talking to.
0: Yeah, it was totally weird and. Then the lawyer says, well, you know, the judge needs confidence that you're sober. And he says, I'm assuming, well, I'm hoping that you can pass a drug screen and will continue to pass drug screens. And I thought this scene was so telling because Ryan says yes in the most... Did you notice this? Like how defeated he seems when the lawyer mentioned, I think they thought they would call the lawyer and the lawyer would be like, nah, she can't make you take a drug test. Fuck that. She doesn't have that power. She can't legally make you take a drug test. We're going to go to court and she's not going to make it. She doesn't have the ability legally to make you take a drug test. I think that's what they thought the lawyer would tell them. And when the lawyer brought up drug tests, both Mackenzie and Ryan looked like they wanted to cry. And Ryan's like, yeah. But he, he wasn't like, yeah, I can take it like absolute this also goes back to like if he had an aftercare per like, okay, if you had asked me after I got out of rehab if I could pass a drug test, I'd be like, Yeah, I'm actually take I take three drug tests a week because I was right. living in a sober living home and was getting drug tests and going to IOP. And I was getting drug right. tested honestly, like five fucking times a week sometimes. Like I got drug tested all the time. And if a lawyer said, like, "Well, can you pass a drug test?" I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm actually already passing drug tests because I go to intensive outpatient and I live in a sober living home."
1: Right. Right. So it was weird, and I also kind of got the vibe from that scene that he's I it made me really question his sobriety. Yeah. Because really? the guy was like, "Well, cuz he cuz he got like weirdly quiet." And mm-hmm. like obviously again, that could be MTV editing, but it just felt like he was like yeah, I could pass a drug test, and it's like in Mackenzie's face can't. too.
0: I really don't think it was editing. I really don't think it was editing because after that, Ryan seemed to have no more questions. And the ju- and the lawyer's like, well, you know, like a ju- I've never seen a judge make parenting time if like the parent can't commit to sobriety. Like the reality is, like if you can't pass drug tests, like the judge doesn't want any, isn't going to do anything for you. And I really, I bet Mac and Ryan do this thing where they, like, hype each other up in their own reality, in their own version of events. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, they, I bet, were like, and we're going to get the lawyer. And the lawyer's going to tell you, fuck you, Macy. You can't make me take a drug test. Go fuck yourself. You don't have this power. I'm the father. I get what I want. And I bet they, like, paced around their home and, like, had this whole idea of how this phone call with the lawyer was going to go. And as soon as the lawyer said drug test, they were like, fuck. Fuck. We're not, we're not passing them. And also, there was a deleted scene that MTV posted after last week's second episode of them going to look at houses, and Mackenzie's driving, and Ryan looks so fucking high. Yes, did you watch that.
1: Yeah, obviously, did I watch the deleted scene? But like, yes. And one, it was weird. I'm like, oh my god, Mackenzie's driving. We like, we didn't well, see her like, drive before the infamous scene.
0: Yeah, I was like, well, I'm, I'm glad Mac was driving.
1: But I that just tells me I'm like, oh like she's very aware of how he looks right now and that's yeah. why she's choosing to drive. Well, and she was just even, like shattering. Um, yeah. And he
0: I was gonna say, even care. in the episode when he they were leaving Texas, like Ryan loves to drive. Like Ryan is the guy that always drives. His girlfriends are never driving him around. And even like in before they left Texas, he was like, You'll just sleep the whole time and I'll drive. Like he is the driver. I right. I, I so yeah, I I really think that Ryan cannot pass a drug test. And I think we found that out in that scene. He, it was just such a look of total, like, fuck me.
1: Well, because then he asked, he was like, can she legally keep him from me? And the lawyer went, basically told him it's a dick move, but yes, she legally can. Yeah,
0: but he was like, well, it won't look good, which is true because right. judges uh, don't like when they just don't like when one parent is restricting access, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. look good. But the no, reality no one likes parental is parental alienation. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, he just looked so defeated, and I cannot believe that Macy is having the best segments of Teen Mom.
1: I feel like the man in that, like the man up there, heard my prayers because, like, I and. No offense to Macy, it's all because of Mackenzie.
0: Yeah. So, But even Macy, like, I feel like, is delivering. I'm liking watching Macy and Taylor talk about it. I liked watching Macy and Keely talk about it. I think I'm just all in on Ryan and Mackenzie that anybody talking about them is great.
1: Oh, I agree. Also, when they were driving home from his rehab, I had the funniest thought. She had to drive from Tennessee to where was he, Texas, because yeah. if she flew, she wouldn't be able to rent a car.
0: Oh my God. Because Maybe she's 21.
1: because I because I had that problem because I graduated college a semester early. So when I started working at twenty one and I was traveling for work and I had this embarrassing phone call with one of my bosses where I was like we were like meeting in Nashville and I was like, Well, can you pick me up from the airport? He's like, Well, why can't you rent a car? And I was like, I'm not allowed to. I'm still not allowed to. Like <laughs> Oh, I rent a car multi- tomorrow actually. I'm so proud of you. You're an adult.
0: Well, my car, I'm literally, guys, I'm getting a new car um, this coming week, and I'm driving from Pennsylvania to Florida on my own, but I'm kind of doing it in three legs, so it'll be fine. I'm getting a 2014 Honda Civic. It's super cute. It's white. It has, like, 20,000 miles on it. I'm really hyped. It's my mom's car coming off lease. Uh, I bought it from her, and we are – I'm driving, and my car that I currently have – has an overheating problem, something, something, head gasket, don't know what that means, blah, blah, blah. But I have friends that are going to be in Miami tomorrow night, which is about an hour and 15 minutes away from where I live. And my car is, has this issue where if you drive on the highway and then get off the highway and slow down, it overheats, which is like, fine, you just turn off the car, you pop open the radiator, you put water in it, good to go. But it's, it's annoying. It's a hassle. When I was going to Chicago on the way to the Fort Lauderdale airport, it overheated twice because I got stopped twice. It was, like, so fucking annoying. I still got there. I ha- I'm so good at doing this now because it's been going on for, like, a year. But they finally have figured out that, like... Because to fix it would be, like, $2,000 in my car. I've had the same car since I was 16, and I'm 29. So my car is not worth $2,000. I have a 2005 Honda Civic. Um, and so... Tomorrow, my friends are going to be in Miami, so I was like, oh, I don't really feel like driving my car because of the issues that it's having. I'll just take the train in, and then from wherever the train drops me off, I'll, like, take an Uber to them. But then to rent a car for the night for 24 hours is only $18 from this place. So between, like, the the cost of the train tickets, um, having then take, like, lifts when, you know, like, I get into Miami... And then I'd have to take the train, which is, like, the worst. So, yeah, running yeah. a car tomorrow for, I think, actually, the first time I'm ever renting a I don't think I've ever rented a car before. I haven't really needed to.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know. I just remember, like, seeing that scene and being like, oh, like, she had to drive there. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Like,
0: ooh. Yeah. She said it was nine I hours. Can't. That's a lot. I know. Okay, and so like, let's go to Kate next. <sighs>
1: Okay, I want to say I'm very proud of them.
0: Okay, you're in my head because I (laughs) literally was so fucking proud of them this episode. I don't know why, but I was like, they're doing... Like, there's not that much to talk about. And, I mean, thankfully we talked for a whole hour about X-Files, so I'm fine with spending five minutes on Kate and Ty today. Even less if we want to. But I was... Genuine. I don't really want to go scene by scene. Actually, let's just yeah. like genuinely, generally talk about it. I was genuinely proud of them. The boxing, like the packaging, looked great. You know, they could mm-hmm. easily like outsource this to some company. I really fucking respect that this is all made in Michigan. I I really like that they do that. They spent like a year working on it. This isn't Je Cosmetics or or like Amber's Forever Hot. Where they just like somebody approached them obviously and was like, "You want to put your name on this?" and they're like, "Yeah." Like they, cl- they're actually trying. And like, is this going to be the most successful thing in the world? Like, I don't know. You know, like who fucking knows? But like the watching them like start a business is kind of impressive. And the fact that they like found like pattern makers and uh, seamstresses in Detroit. And wanted to yeah. do it in Detroit. And then they're doing all the packaging themselves. Like, Kate looked happy for the first time in a while.
1: Yeah, and, like, I don't know. I was just so impressed to hear that he was like, oh, I'll process the orders. And, like, you'll, you're going to box them up as they come in. I'm like, oh, my God, this is literally, like, the two of you running this. Like, he is taking those orders. He is processing those payments. Like, he could easily easily just drop ship this and like not worry about any of this i was frustrated with him with how Mm -hmm. he was talking about the it guy he was talking to when he's like i don't like this guy i just don't like him and i want to be like ryan or not ryan ooh tyler what tone were you using with this man who was trying to help you because i think that was the problem
0: I liked when the person was like, well, how many followers do you have? And he's like, well, I didn't want to tell him I had 2 million and my wife has 3 million. It's like, they need to know that. <laughs> and they I need was- to know <laughs> that you're a celebrity. Ryan's like, or Tyler, oh, I just said it. Tyler not like, well, I don't, want to, I don't want to be like, well, I'm a fucking reality star. And it's like, you're a reality star. Like They need but- to know that you're just not some rando launching a website that your family members are going to look at. Literally, like hundreds of thousands of people are going to try and go to this website. They need to know that, Tyler.
1: Right, and like, pardon me, I was like, but I, at the same time, I was like, I know you told that IT guy. That's true. I'm a so, like, like I you know he pulled that on him just That's in the true. way he was talking about. So it was like, but at the same time, like he did like he did not research. You could tell. I'm very proud of them, but they did not research like servers. And, like, yeah. it should have been on its own server. This whole yeah. thing.
0: I thought oh, that was very right. real, though. Like, that was, like, a mm-hmm. very real situation yeah. where you, like, just, that's, like, every day at work, somebody in my office. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Like, just having, like, no idea and, like, trying to explain to the IT person and the IT person can't understand you because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Nope. Like, it was, and you're describing- I think I saw someone online, like, that scene was very relatable and I was like, Yeah. <laughs>
1: Right, and, but you're only describing your computer issue in sounds and the sound yeah. your computer is making. Yeah. Like, like, me and when that, my and you car's know,
0: not working, I call my dad, yeah. like, it's making it, I don't know, it feels like now this other thing my car is doing, it's like, it feels like it's not shifting into gear, but like, obviously my car's an automatic, but it like, is like kind of jumping, like when you drive stick and you're not shifting into gear, right? And my dad's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, that's just how it feels. <laughs>
1: I hate going to take my car into the shop because I feel like they literally think I'm the dumbest human being in the world. No, and I'm like, I, mean, I don't know. It's just, like, doing, doing a thing. <laughs> Figure it out. And they're like, and then they, like, return the car and they're like, do you know that, like, your oil hasn't been changed in, like, a year and, like, all this is wrong? And I was like, nope, didn't have an idea. Thanks.
0: Yeah, actually, I that's probably why my car is weird. Well, no, I got the oil changed not long ago. Um, okay, so – yeah, that's all I really want to talk about with Kate and yeah, Tyler. Yeah, proud of them. Do you have anything else that you want to say?
1: No, Kate and Tyler, they're doing the damn thing. Yeah, Keep i going. Of them.
0: Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash Psychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive Producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah Giovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos. And come on over to our Facebook page for more discussions.